0: Chapter 3. And I did not give you any of these verses, so I'm sorry, Trevor. Just try to keep up. Uh, Chapter 3, verse 21. And actually, I want to read it from the screen. Do you have the NIV version? Can you put it in the NIV? Cool. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate His righteousness, because in His forbearance, He had left the sins that committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. That's good right there. It's <clears throat> all about justification. What it basically means is that I was a sinner, but because of the cross, whenever I believed Jesus, that his atoning sacrifice, atonement was what they did on the, on the, the, the mercy seat once a year. They would pay, they would literally, it was payment for the sins of Israel. All the sins for a year, they would put it on there, right? Jesus, actually, the day he died was Passover, and it was that, I'm not sure, I'm not all great with all the Jewish customs and all that, but I know that what he did there was the atonement. He paid for the sins of the people. The Bible says that in 1 John that he paid for the sins of the entire world, but it's by faith that that sacrifice is accepted. I was just telling our kids this morning in Sunday school, if I sacrifice $20 to give to you... But you don't take it. I've still made my sacrifice. You just haven't received it yet. That's the way it works. Jesus made the sacrifices there, ready for anybody to receive just by faith. Justification happens in that moment whenever they believe. All of a sudden, every sin they've ever done is wiped clean. They have a clean slate. Their past becomes irrelevant to their future. <clears throat> if I had a title for this message, it would probably be regret versus repentance. Repentance. See, regret is saying, it's <coughs> totally focused on, on the past because it's constantly thinking, I wish I could have done this, or I wish I could have done this differently. That's what regret, regret is, and it's consumed by the past. i want to go to a verse. In Romans, still in Romans, Romans is good, book. Romans 8, <coughs> 38 and 39. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Some verses add in there, from receiving the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. <clears throat> Do you notice that there's something missing in the list? Go back to 38. 38. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor future. He doesn't include the past. If there's anything that can separate you from receiving the love of God, it's your past. If we become so focused on our past (coughs) that we can't see see the future and the present that he has for us, then we've completely missed his love. Repentance is focusing on the past and is saying, I would have done this better, I should have done this better. That I, I wish I could have changed this. Repentance is trusting that God can change that past. Repentance is trusting that he has. See, if I've received that justification, if I've believed in him, I've received payment for my sins, and all of my sins have been wiped away clean. And he looks at my past and doesn't see the things I've done wrong, but sees the things I've done right. Then all of a sudden, if I really truly accept that, and my faith is based in that cross that paid for that, then repentance, repentance is me saying, now that I'm completely free of the past, that I couldn't change it, but God came in and he did. I get to continue and walk blamelessly. I could continue and walk the way Jesus did. See, that's not justification. That's sanctification. That's holiness. Justification is where most people stop. Most people stop at, well, I believe he paid for my sins. Sanctification is whenever you say, okay, my sins are done with. I get another chance. I get another chance to do this right. I was a drug addict my entire life or I was an alcoholic my entire life. That's no longer relevant, and I get a new chance. And so repentance is saying, I was going this direction, but all of a sudden, the past, the whole way that I went, just got brushed away and my footprints aren't there anymore. So I get a chance. I don't have to continue walking this way. I can walk this way. That's repentance. That's repentance. <clears throat> Let's go to Second Peter chapter 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God, sorry I switched the New King James Version on you, righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. It's all about faith, guys. It's the first step. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. You ever heard, oh, i got a sinful nature? No, you don't. If you're a Christian, you no longer have a sinful nature, that you actually have partaken in the divine nature of God. That you may participate... Partake in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. <clears throat> For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. What keeps us from walking in sanctified life, walking the way Jesus did, the Bible says not only can we, but we're supposed to. As Christians, we're supposed to walk and live as Jesus lived. That's a pretty high standard. The Bible says that the reason we don't do this is because we have forgotten who we were made into. That we have forgotten what the cross did for us. That if I'm not walking in a holy life, if I'm not living a holy lifestyle, it's because I've forgotten what the cross did. What Jesus did on the cross for me. He cleansed me of my sins. And so now I get that other chance. And he made me, this transformed me into this holy person. And righteousness was given to me. Not because of anything I did, but just because I said, yeah, I believe that Jesus did that for me. Period. Sins are forgiven. Life's made new. But sometimes we don't walk in holiness. We don't live a holy lifestyle because we forgot The weight of that. This is basic Christianity. And anytime you share the gospel, this is what's shared. You just believe in Jesus, right? But the Bible goes further and says, if something's going wrong, if your life doesn't line up to the way Jesus is, it's not because you're doing something wrong. It's because you forgot. You forgot who you are. So you know what that means? whenever a Christian, one of my brothers and sisters, does something to me that, that offends me or hurts me, that's not who they are. They just forgot for a moment. They just forgot. For that, for that one moment, they forgot that Jesus gave them back the divine nature. That they were recreated in the image of God, and God doesn't do that. God doesn't do that at all. He doesn't hurt people. Some people say, you know, well, God was kind of bad in the Old Testament, but he's good in the New Testament. So let's just remove the Old Testament and go to the New Testament, right? There's this verse in, in one of the prophecies of the, uh, or prophetic words of the Old Testament. He says, I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed. I made a promise to keep you to never destroy you, and to always do good to you. That's why you're still here. He's the same yesterday, same today, and same tomorrow. He's never going to want to destroy you, and he never will. Why? Because he made a promise, and he keeps his promises. I want you guys to think back to the moment you were saved. Where'd you come from? Who were you? And then all of a sudden, <clears throat> you got a glimpse of, of the cross you got a glimpse of what Jesus did for you and it changed everything and you had the opportunity to come and, and place all of your burden, everything that you had, everything that was keeping you from him at the foot of the cross. I want you to remember that day. for me it wasn't that long ago. for some of you guys it was a long time ago. So you' got to think back real far. But I want you to think back to that day and think back to that moment that you gave everything. He cleansed you. That past doesn't matter. It's actually a different past. I wasn't going to go here, but I'm going to. Hebrews, verse 11. Uh, Chapter 11, sorry. Verse 11. This is translated differently. New King James says, by faith, Abraham. What's the NIV say? Oh, there it goes. Why does that? This is New King James version. I'm telling you, my Bible says something different. (laughs) But that's the one I want. (laughs) By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. I want you to think about the story of Abraham and Sarah. God comes up. The Holy Spirit, you know, the Spirit of God comes to Abraham and Sarah and says, you're going to conceive and bear a child. Sarah laughs at him laughs at his face. God's right there, and Sarah laughs at him because she's like, ha ha, ha, no, that's not happening. I am too old for that. And there's like no faith whatsoever, whatsoever in this story by Sarah. And yet, we come to Hebrews 11, and it says by faith. She's listed in the the people of faith in the Bible. There's a whole list of them in Hebrews 11, and she's in there. Why? 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 What was faithful about her story? Nothing. You know what the difference is? Jesus. The difference in the moment in the Old Testament, whenever Sarah had no faith whatsoever to believe God for a son, and the moment right here in Hebrews 11, whenever she was given, it says that she was faithful, that she had faith in God. The only difference is that in the time she was living, there was a forbearance on sin. It said in one of the verses we just read that, that Jesus, uh, God withheld his wrath for sin until the appointed time. So her bad story, whenever Jesus came along, got erased and rewritten. Do you get that? Erased and rewritten. Not just erased and, oh my gosh, where would Sarah go in the Bible? Like No, it got rewritten. It got retold in a way that way God saw it. It's the same thing that happens with you. Whenever you went to the cross and you said, Jesus, I believe, I believe that you, you saved me and that all this stuff that I've got in my life that you paid for and that I don't have to deal with it anymore, I don't have to pay for sin. I believe that. All of a sudden, he forgot. All of a sudden, in that moment, not only did he forget, but there was a different book. That you got name, your name got placed in. Then instead of the book where it said, this person did this, this, and this, and this, and this, that the devil wrote, because he's the accuser of the brethren. Instead, your name got switched and placed. It got copied and pasted or cut and pasted into the book of life. Why? But why here? Why weren't you just immediately transported to heaven in that moment? For one, for others. But number two, simply because Jesus likes, God likes seeing his children act like him. He likes your story now. He does, He loves it. I want you to go back to that moment on the cross when everything changed, everything changed in your life. And I want to look at your life now because Jesus says you're holy. He says your righteousness. He gave you righteousness. It's just a gift. It's just given. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to do anything for it. But sanctification requires a change. There's no option. You know what that means? It's, it's basically simple. It's not that you have to do to be. You are, so you do. You don't have to live a sin-free life. To be sin free. You are sin free, so you can le- live a sin free life. You are a child of God, therefore, you can live like a child of God. You can walk the way Jesus walked, talk the way he talked. You can say everything that the Father's saying and do everything that the Father's doing. Why? Because you are. Just because you are, you are his child. Period. The only thing that will hold you back is your past. The only thing holding you back is your past. If you're constantly looking back, man, man, I did this wrong, I did this wrong. Maybe you're thinking, well, I, I'm already saved, but I did something wrong. You know what? God still doesn't remember that either. You're looking back, man, I, I, I just, I wish I could have done better. I wish I could have changed that story. And God's like, I already did, just move on. I already did. Move on. I already changed that. It's already written. It's actually, it's not just your name, it's your story written in heaven, the way heaven sees it. Why don't you just think about that? The reason we don't see Christians living the way Christians should isn't because they're not Christians, it's because they forgot. It's because they forgot. And that moment that my brother, he he talked bad about me, or or he said something, he hurt my feelings. He just, he forgot that he was Jesus. He forgot that he was made in the image of God. So you know what that means I need to do? Call that out of him. Call that out of him. Whenever people curse me, I bless them. Why? Because that's who they are. They don't deserve a curse. Why? Because the curse was brought on the tree. The curse was placed on the tree, so they don't deserve that. The Bible says that if I curse my brother and I bless God, it says it shouldn't be. How can salt and fresh water come out of the same spring? It can't. It's not possible. So you as a Christian, if you're a child of God, it is not possible for you to curse someone else. I thank God that whenever I say something with my mouth that's not meant to be, that that if I accidentally curse someone, that it has no weight and no power. But that every time I I bless someone, it has all the power and authority of God behind it. I want you to think about this, guys. Do you remember... Who you were. And do you know who you are? Because you are a child of God. And I was going to play the song Flawless by Mercy Me. Such a good song. You're flawless. Why? Because the cross. Not anything we've done. I'm not holy enough. I'm not perfect enough. But see, the thing about the holiness movement, when lifestyle changes, it became something. it became something about I can do this on my own. and then it kind of fizzled out why because they forgot why they were holy not all of them and i have a strong heritage in that movement so i'm saying i don't mean to say anything bad about it i love the fact that people made a decision to say if i if i've received this goodness if i've received all this then i can live a holy lifestyle and they tried but one of the things I notice is whenever I'm trying and trying and trying, I realize that I can't. And so I need Jesus. And so it draws me back to faith. But whenever I'm not trying, I see no need for anything from Jesus. Whenever I'm not trying to live like Jesus did and I'm just okay, then it produces something that in, in 2 Peter it says it's unproductive and there's no fruit being born. I want to tell you, you are holy, so be holy. You are holy. You are righteous, so be that. Remember, you were made in the image of God. There's no excuse for unrighteous living. None, not a single one. It says that everything, 2 Peter, I'm going back to that verse. What verse am I thinking of? His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. There you go. That's the verse I was looking for. Couldn't see it. The word knowledge in the Greek, in that verse is epigenosis and it refers to a knowledge that comes from experience So I can go to school and study something but I can also go in and, and by doing something I can learn the craft that's epigenosis the knowledge of him it's an experiential knowledge it's something that says I have experienced this change in my life therefore I have everything that I need for a life in godliness You're completely capable of living sinlessly. Why? Because every time that you violate your conscience, God's there, Jesus is there, and he says, I can fix that. And you have a chance to not dwell on the past and continue forward, that's repentance. We need to stop living in regret, stop living in the past, because it's the only thing that can keep us from really experiencing and realizing the love of Jesus. I love you guys so much. But we have to realize who we are. I'm not Chris. Not anymore. I am one with Jesus Christ. So that means there's no way to understand that except through marriage. For real. I am one with Jesus. It's not just me anymore. It's like whenever Ellen and I go somewhere, it's not just Chris is going somewhere, it's Chris and Ellen went there. Same with Jesus. God of angel armies is always by my side. He's right here with me. He lives in me. If I know that, then why in the world would I violate my conscience? But if I do, he's still there so that my righteousness is still made righteous through him. And my filthy rags are still made beautiful in him. That's the beauty of the cross. And that's the beauty of grace. It's the weight of grace. And it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Always always, always want to have an altar call and give people the time to just be in the presence of God. Why? Because it's not about me, and really what I say doesn't matter today. But what the Holy Spirit does, does matter. The early days of Pentecostalism, the things that separated the Pentecostals from the Evangelical, or the Fundamentalists and the Catholics, was the Catholics, their service all revolved around the, the, um, the communion, baptism, the, what is that called? Sacraments. The fundamentalists, it all revolved around the message. But the Pentecostals, it was said, if you go back in, the, in the, the books, that in the services, you couldn't even tell who really was the pastor. Because the Holy Spirit was so thick in the room, and he began to minister so amazingly that everyone began to get it. And that's what marks the Pentecostal movement is that it is not about a person. It's about the Holy Spirit. It's about the presence of God. And so that's why I want to have an altar call. Every single time, I want to give you a pre- time to enter in the presence of God. This is that moment. If you want, you might be a person that's saying, you know what? I have not been living right. I forgot who Jesus made me to be. I want a fresh revelation of who I am in Jesus. Then, Now's the time. If you're one of the people that says, "Man, I've been hurt. I need fresh revelation of who who my brother is," because that's not him. That's not the that's not him. That's the devil using him to offend me, so that I might not be productive and fruitful. Well, that revelation is here in the presence of God. I can't give it to you. Nothing I preach can give it to you, but the Holy Spirit can. He reveals things. It's amazing. I do want, very specifically this morning, I just haven't been able to let this go, and I don't know why. Maybe it could be nobody in this room, but I'm going to say it anyway. I really feel like there's somebody here who, your family has just been in turmoil, like the last couple of weeks. Maybe it's this week, this past week the last couple of weeks, your family has been in utter turmoil, and God wants to fix it, if that's you, I want, I want you to come up here, if it's not anybody, don't worry about it, somebody will get it later, is that anybody?
1: blood of Jesus.
0: We do this every single Wednesday night. If somebody needs prayer, the entire group prays for them. Why? Because even if it's just one person, oh, that one person important. And if my Is brother calls me up and he needs me to pray for him, then I'm going to. Oh, because he's my brother and I love Saint him. Hallelujah. Family, is risen, and if it's just one person in this room that needs prayer, then every single one of us are called to carry that burden. For Not he a
1: single is one audible. is exempt. Sing your brother is or your, is your sister, risen, your family's in turmoil. That's your family, man. Oh,
0: no special teaching world. that's going to change your life. Jesus is the first message Paul ever gave was an extremely oh, amazing, immaculate the message. Altar, but the next time, but nobody gets saved. Very few people got next time to only know Christ, to you, know Christ and Him crucified.
1: When I came to you, I was to Christ and Him crucified in the power of His resurrection. Of Jesus that Christ. is this moment right here. Oh, come here. to the altar. The white.
0: Was born with joy standing in for Danny. Danny specifically asked us to pray Jesus. for her, for her blood count, okay? She's not here right now, but she asked us, your sister reached out to you and says, please pray for me, I'm going through a hard time.
1: Blood
0: Surely I will respond Sometimes there's just nothing else you can do but just cry out Because you're like, God, I need you That's what I did whenever my wife and my child and myself were homeless in Peru And we just said, God, we don't know where to go we don't know what to do and you know what he did in the same day he responded with a house
1: He's a little tiny no baby. Was with when he was born, he was
0: family, hey, buddy, you know that you got an angel specifically for you? We call them guardian angels, but the Bible actually says that you were assigned an angel but this is the most important
1: the love of god made perfect in his family forgiveness was we love with you guys so much The precious blood of jesus christ if i ever act in a
0: way towards oh, you that's not showing love please remind altar, me of your
1: the father's arms are open wide forgiveness was me precious blood of Jesus Christ, oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open, watch
0: Boldly enter into this norm of grace because of the cross. Thank you, Father. And ask that every single person in this place would just be reminded of who they are. That they are holy and they're a righteous God. that they are righteous. Because you gave it to them. You gave yours to us. So that we might walk and be like you are once again. Father, I ask that every single person in this place would go home with revelation fresh revelation of who they are in you. That the Spirit of God would follow them and go with them every single place they go to their work, to their home. And that your presence would permeate every single physical location that they go to. That your kingdom might be advanced on the earth. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God is good. Man, I love you guys. Don't forget, uh, sign up for the Low Country Bowl. What's and that? Chili Cook-Off. And the Chili Cook-Off at the Connection Center. Love you guys. Have a good day. Practice, 430, choir.